Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage, or you're listening on iTunes, blogtalkradio.com, or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page, and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk to you. So why don't you give us a call? The number is 347-326-9470. And don't forget, every show is a free download on iTunes or from my Blog Talk Radio page, or even if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you don't, if you don't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook or Google Plus? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we've got a great show for you today. It's my fourth year anniversary, and that means that just four years ago it all began right here. But actually, it didn't begin here, but it all started with just like this. I got my start in radio at XM 155 Take 5 under the tutelage of Blanche Williams on her show Greatness by Design with Blanche Williams. This happened to be the day before the King holiday. Well, as a mentor, Blanche got me involved right away. Shortly after my interview, she invited me into the studio, sat me in front of a microphone, and moments later, I was on national radio. Wow. On my way home, I was so excited and overwhelmed, I could hardly drive. I knew right then and there that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. 
When I got home and I started to tell my wife about my experience, I realized that my face was hurting from the huge smile that I had on my face all the way home. Well, as a mentor, Blanche has gone above and beyond to this day to push me to realize my dreams. I really can't thank her enough. Look, if everyone had a friend like Blanche, believe me, the world would be a much better place to live. Now, how's that for a measure of truth? Wow, that just happened four years ago, and it still amazes me um, just how captivated I was by radio at my first opportunity to be on air. And um, from that point forward, it, it took me eight months before I had produced this show on Blog Talk Radio, and it became something that I was doing on a weekly basis. It was just unbelievable. So, you know, one of the things I like to do, because it is also the Martin Luther King holiday, and um, this was my start, and it just happens to be a great um, mark as well for a beginning of a great career. And um, what I generally do is I always try to focus the show on the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And um, what I did today is I went down to the Martin Luther King Memorial on the National Mall. And there I had an opportunity to speak with a number of different people about the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. And here's some of that, um, my interviews with some of those folks here. Starting off with Miss Blank Washington. Hi, my name is Dominique Price. I am Miss Black Washington 2012. It is an honor to be here for the first um, Martin Luther King Day at the Monument. It's amazing to where we have come from to be able to say that I am a title holder for Miss Black Washington. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Imani Josie. I'm Miss Black Illinois USA 2012. I'm so excited to be in the district for this historic occasion. My grandparents were civil rights uh, leaders in the 1960s. They worked for Ebony Magazine. They wrote a lot um, of articles and did a lot of work with our history. So to be able to be here to commemorate such a monumental occasion at the Martin Luther King uh, Memorial is just amazing for us. So we're really happy to be here to represent Miss Black USA. Awesome. And tell us a little bit, too, about when the pageant will be held as well and what your event is here in D.C. Sure. Well, we're here for the Red Dress photo shoot for Miss Black USA, and Red Dress is promoting heart truth. We are promoting awareness about heart disease, which is the number one killer of American women. And our actual pageant is going to be on August 13th in the district. We haven't named our location yet. It's still top secret. But we will be back in the district this August to tell you what young African-American women can really do. Great, great. Give us your name again and sure. think you represent it. My name is Imani Josie, and I'm Miss Black Illinois USA 2012. Thank you. Sure. Give us your name and where you're from. My name is Kimi Holloway, and I am Miss Black Virginia USA 2012. Oh, awesome. My state. Yes, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Very good. Wonderful. And, and tell us what boards um, you here today besides just the, um, the pageant itself. Um, well, I'm here to celebrate uh, Martin Luther King Jr. I think that... He paved the way for all these people to be here today in harmony. And I think it's important to pay tribute and give thanks, uh, not just today, but every day. But today is a very special day for everybody just to take time, remember, you don't have to go to work, come together and celebrate and just be thankful overall. Yeah, yeah. Also, tell us a little bit about the, the pageant. Sure. Well, the Miss Black USA pageant, it was started in 1986. They are celebrating their 25th year anniversary this year. So the pageant was founded in 1986 to 
first pageant was in 1987. Um, it celebrates young, intelligent, um, African-American women mm. and women of color and brings us together in peace to join as sister queens. And uh, we definitely are affiliated with the Heart Truth Foundation, the Heart Truth Campaign, mm -hmm. to spread awareness to other women in the world. Awesome. Thank you. And give us your name again. Kimi Holloway, Miss Black Virginia, USA. Awesome. We'll be rooting for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Ebony Andrews, and I'm Miss Black Maryland USA 2012. Awesome. And tell us why you're here today. We're here because the legacy of the Miss Black USA organization is only what it is because of the workings and the teachings of Dr. Martin Luther King. So we're humbled to be able to pay tribute to him on this day in our unity and in the glory of this monument and what it stands for. Wow, wow. And, and what do you remember about what he stood for? Um, just the fact that one man can have a dream and have the ability to have one dream um, move move a nation. Um, to think back about um, just as far as the walk on on the Capitol and the power of that, and for all those people to come together and the significance of it. And even today, there are no grand gestures as large as what his was. So in our society today, as a young woman, when I look back and think of something grand, think back of something great, I think back to that time. Awesome. Give us your name again and the state you represent. My name is Ebony Andrews, and I am Miss Black Maryland USA 2012. And thank you for your time. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to start with you, and then we'll just go around and just tell me your name and where you came from. Um, Walter Lundy, and I'm from Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. And I see that you've got your, your colors on today and um, um, your Greek lettering. Yeah, I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity. Awesome, awesome. And tell us why you're here today. Um, uh, last week I was in Memphis, um, had an opportunity to go to the site and go to the Civil Rights Museum. And um, I just wanted to continue the, the experience. And being in D.C., I'm proud of the monument and the, the whole experience. So, mm -hmm. And, you know, being an African-American man, just right to be here. Absolutely. And tell us a little bit about Dr. Martin Luther King's legacy and what that means to you. Um, you know, growing up in the South and um, just um, being exposed to to not just racism but just the struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, you know, have a deep appreciation for just all people and, and, and love of mankind because I think that's what he stood for and mm -hmm. that's what, you know, is a part of who I am. I just, I love all people. And Dr. Martin Luther King, was, he just wasn't for um, justice for one sector of people, but all children of God. That's what he stood for. And so mm -hmm. to me, it's sort of like a holistic belief. And so that's that's my take on that. Well, well thank you again. And uh, give us your name once again and where you're from. <clears throat> Walter Lundy. And I'm actually from Virginia, but I live here in Washington, D.C. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> All right. And give us your name and, and where you're from. Uh, I'm Alphonse Roof. Um, uh -huh. I live here in Washington, D.C. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh, okay. Great, great. And, and what brought you here today? Why was it important for you to be here? Um, like, like Walter said, it was just important as a African-American to be here to partake in this event to... Um, to make sure that we pay tribute to Martin Luther King and mm. for the things that he's done for all people, not just as Walter said, one particular class of people, but all people. So it's important that we come here and, you know, not lay in the beds, and, but get up and let people see. I would 
certainly hope that it's not more of another race here than our own kind in this event here and then out here, um, you know, viewing the memorial and yeah, participating yeah. in the activities that are going on today. Awesome. And, and give us your name again. Alphonse Ruth. All right, Alphonse. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate your time today. And your name and where you're from? I'm Jonathan Curry. I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, okay. Did you make the trip down just today? Uh, I've been here for a couple of days, um, uh -huh. but this was definitely one of the things that I had to come see. I see. Um, I've been here several times, but I spent this day I make to make it even more special to come today on this uh, birthday. So. so you've been to the monument before, but it was important for you to come back again this day? Yes. yes. And tell us why. Uh, I just think that uh, we are we are living his dream. Not to be cliche, but as you see, there's a potpourri of different type of people and cultures, backgrounds, even age generations uh, that come together uh, to celebrate the life um, and to celebrate the movement and that you know was the civil rights movement. I mean, he was definitely the uh, the anchor man, but there's so many uh, other great people who brought a, you know brought this together as well. So I think it's so important that we celebrate homage to him, but also all the people who who, who paved the way for us to be here today. So. Awesome. Give us your name again and where you're calling from. Uh, again, my name is Jonathan Curry. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, apologize about that. I had to block the wind for so no problem. <laughs> and give us your name and where you're from. Javon Pender from Washington, D.C. Okay, Javon. And have you been to the memorial before as well? No, this is actually my first time down here. Okay. And why was it important for you to be here today? Um, Just to come and, you know, celebrate his life and be amongst the people and feel the love that is out here today. You know, like so many of my friends said, um, so many different cultures that is down here, you know, and mm -hmm. we're still, like he said, living the dream, and we're still trying to make strides and open doors that, you know, he started, and there's still, there's still a way to go. Absolutely. Yeah, there's still a way to go, and, um, you know, this is our first time being able to be here for his actual um, birthday after the initial dedication mm -hmm. and um, it, it's a great turnout and I, I'm just really happy to see that you guys all showed up as well yeah. and um, what would you tell people about today and about what you experienced today? Um, what I would tell them is that um, it's just lovely to see so many different cultures, so many people from so many different areas of the United States and even the world out here mm -hmm. to celebrate this one man that did so much for not just the black race, but, you know, for everybody, you know, opening doors and breaking down barriers for different cultures. You know, even though it was centered on the black struggle, he still made a way for, for struggles for different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome, man. Give us your name again and where you're from? Javon Pender, Washington, D.C. Okay, awesome, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, just give me your name and tell me where you come from. My name is Sylvia Prince. And I live in Yaden, Pennsylvania. It's, it's on the outside of Philadelphia. And you came here today and especially? And I came today especially with the church from Deliverance Evangelist Church. Uh -huh. And uh, I want to come just to be out. Okay. Be out and celebrate Martin Luther King. Right, right. Now, okay. now tell us your age and, and tell us where you were at the time when you heard of uh, Martin Luther King's assassination? I am, well, in October I'll be 82. Mm -hmm. And my, um, when I heard about that, I was working at night at mm -hmm. the time. Uh -huh. Really? I was at wow. work. 
So, at, where you were at the time, were there riots and things like that? Was there what? Were there riots and enough rioting at that point, or was that? Well, there was no riot where I was at because mm -hmm. it it was a uh, uh, electronic work. Oh, okay. And I was yeah. What were your thoughts initially when you first heard the news? Well, like everybody else, broke down and cried. Right. That's right. That's a great leader. Yeah. yeah. And, and tell us what this monument in this day means to you. I'm just proud. Yeah. Of, of having uh, someone to stand for our people. You know, instead of putting us down and mm -hmm. doing wrong by us, giving someone a chance to show that we're not stupid. Right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was a, a man of our time. Yes. And it's amazing yes. to, to see that our leaders today, you can't really point at anyone who'd be willing to die for our cause. No. But no. This is probably. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. He gave his life. All right. Well, thank mm -hmm. you. Give us your name again. And um, my name is Sylvia Prince. Well, thank you, Sylvia. I appreciate you taking time out. You're welcome. Okay. And can I speak with you as well? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. No one can see you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me your name and tell me where you're from. Dolores Vincent. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And, and tell us a little bit about what this day means to you and why you're here. Well, I came down with my church, the Evangelistic Church, mm -hmm. and I've never been to Washington, D.C. before. So this is my first time coming, and I'm glad because I see the monument of Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. and this is the first black monument that I've seen. Yeah, yeah, and it's right here on the National Mall in Washington, yes. D.C., amongst some of the greatest monuments in the nation. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, tell us a little bit about what Dr. Martin Luther King means to you and what he represents in your life. He stood up for peace in the black people. Mm -hmm. And I acknowledge that, and I thank him for that. He brought us a long way. Um, and he was a man of his word. And I was sad to hear that when he got assassinated. Right, right. But there was nothing that could stop his cause and even his assassination. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It, it was elevated the cause and brought national attention yes. to something that yes. should have been recognized long before. So yes. there was no stopping his movement once it got started, but it was sad to see it end that way. But um, Tell us, will you come back again? And what will you tell people when you go back? Yeah, what I you saw the monument. Well, There's a very, um, lot of people here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Well, give us your name again. And Dolores I, Vincent. Well, thank you, Dolores. Thank I really you. appreciate you taking time out. That was thank pretty you. harmless, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs>The time has come for us to learn to analyze and scrutinize the things that we have conveniently come to believe as factual through repetition from what is actually the real truth. We have somehow been led to slaughter by our refusing to ask the questions that would hopefully make sense of the rhetoric, if indeed the rhetoric made any sense at all. We have our suspicions for good reason. But so often we find it much easier to go along, to get along, rather than ask the questions that would lead us to the truth. Have we grown so accustomed to being lied to that the lie now has become the thing that we desire?
Have we lost our taste over the years for what is real and factual because we would rather be entertained than informed? How is it that we would rather focus on one tiny fragment of the aftermath than the root, the source, and the cause? What then stops us from opening the debate that would bring about the key changes needed to break the cycle of injustice? Have we been made to feel powerless or are we just unconcerned? What will it take to wake up America? In this age of information technology, there is more usable, factual resources available to the average individual through the Internet that could have ever been available to even the most learned scholar just 15 years ago. But we still choose to be spoon-fed rather than research, debate, and discern the truth for ourselves. Now we find that we're so brainwashed that our attention now locksteps to the next scandalous, exaggerated, emotion-driven headline, while the truth sits unnoticed, in plain sight, yet another day. I, for one, refuse to be a part of this brainwashing of the masses, this decline in intellect, this surrender of conscience, so where do you stand in the scheme of things? Free thinker with a mind set to seek out and devour the truth regardless of its source or just another cog in the wheel of blind complacency? Well, of course the choice is yours. But as for me, no matter how much garbage you try to heap in my direction, I will always maintain a healthy appetite for a measure of truth. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. Well, that's the way it all began some time ago. Um, I would just pretty much do these commentaries. And how about those interviews? Um, I did another man on the street as well during the inauguration. And um, I got an opportunity to talk with a lot of people then. And um, I found that was very interesting getting out there in the public and something I plan to do a lot more um, now that I have a, a few more resources at my disposal to make that happen. I, I just want to play another um, one of the commentaries that pretty much used to be the mainstay and will probably become again as the election picks up. I've been sort of holding back, waiting until we have our candidates in place, but We'll, we'll have to see whether or not um, I can just wait until it's all said and done and we have our candidates. But um, here's another one that really is sort of the basis of the concept of a measure of truth. It seems that the truth has somehow lost its appeal. In today's society, what really can we say is the truth? Most of what we hear from news sources, whether they're TV, radio, newspapers, magazines, and the Internet, have been crafted with only one goal in mind, to sell more publications, to get higher ratings, and grab the attention of more and more consumers. We as consumers have been corralled, misled, polluted, and confused by the media hype and spin doctor machine until we're too exhausted and overwhelmed by the rhetoric and minutia to have the real focused attention needed to analyze the facts when the truth finally does come to light. The story that could be has become so enticing to the media conglomerates that the real story and a great story no longer resemble one another. A measure of truth, 
attempts to expose the underlying truth of news stories that you all have heard before, but gives you first-hand accounts from key players that have not yet been giving a voice to tell the facts. These bearers of the truth are often forced to wait until the media hype has expired, and the backstory, which was in fact the only story, finally comes into vogue. When news and information comes with this much baggage, you can only hope for a measure of truth. And as you can see, all of my commentaries end with that catchphrase, a measure of truth. Now, you know, it's interesting to to really note the reason why I do this is because a lot of times in media, we're, we're bombarded with messages that really, they don't make any sense at all. Um, they're just something to sort of heighten our emotions and make us angry about something that's probably not even the subject that we want to be focused on. So I began to sit there and listen and understand where the real story is and stories that I heard, whether they be uh, in newspapers and magazines or whether it's on the Internet or whether it's on, you know, cable TV or network shows and just really try to disseminate, decipher whether or not um, the public is being misled. And one prime example of that, and this is one that really, really got me heated because there was a real issue there and it was something that needed to be hashed out. But we became caught up in buzzwords and emotions. And this is when the Tea Party movement was still very fresh, as well as when things with um, town hall meetings were just just getting out of hand. And this is a commentary I did some time ago, but I just wanted to give you an idea and remind some of my new listeners where it all started. As the health care debate among Americans across the nation continues to heat up and become more and more agitated, the message from those who oppose the president's plan has become more and more hateful, outlandish, and downright racist. Like the poster that depicts Obama as a witch doctor. What's that about? I'm tired of hearing this rhetoric that compares changes and additions to our health care system to socialism or making comparisons to countries that only have a state-run health care plan. It's just not the same animal. And why so angry over a town hall meeting? It's not like our health care system is so flawless that we wouldn't want to risk messing up a good thing. Look, if we're going to fix the health care crisis in America, we need ideas not anarchy. Does the outcry of socialism hold racial undertones? Is socialism the new N-word? Well, if it hasn't already crossed your mind, I just thought I'd put it out there. And speaking of state-run programs, we all know how Medicare and Medicaid just run our country into the ground, right? Oh, you haven't heard that one either? Well, neither have I. Now look, telling us what you don't want has nothing to do with telling us what is needed to resolve real issues with real answers, especially when it has no resemblance to what is actually being offered. The reason most Americans don't understand the public option is because the media has spent more time in covering public discord at town hall meetings rather than reiterating the actual points of the plan with its pros and cons. 
the voices of those that have true concerns are being drowned out by the pointless, angry voices. So here's the reality. 45,000 Americans die every year due to lack of health care in our country. Not to mention how many others are suffering right now with treatable illnesses and are dying a slow, painful death for the very same reason. So what are we going to do about it? Well, here's a clue. If you're just angry and bitter about socialism, you probably have nothing to do with a viable solution. I could care less about the failings of other countries' health care plans. You know, one good thing about that is we have already had an opportunity to learn from their mistakes. And there's no plan out there to get rid of what we have. Just add to it and make it better. How's that for a battle cry? Add to it and make it better. Since when did Americans stop believing in themselves? You know, in the months after 9-11, I can tell you that I've never been more proud of the American people. We were all unified with just one goal in mind, to help those that needed help rebuild and fix what was broken. That was not that long ago. If there's any country in the world that can get this right, you've got to believe it's America. What do we have to be afraid of? Whatever's done will still remain flexible enough that we will have the opportunity to shape and mold this new system until it works the way we need it to. Sure, it might take some time, but the big push should be to be a part of the solution and stand in the gap for those who can't speak for themselves. If we stay involved and connected to the process, we cannot lose. No matter what bill may pass or whatever form, it's just a start and will never silence the voice of the American people. Don't be too quick to judge. You don't need the perfect solution to get started. Just a life cycle approach with a focus based in reality and a healthy dose of a measure of truth. <laughs> wow, it still gets me riled up to this day. <laughs> You know, and my commentaries weren't always political, though. Um, pretty much sometimes they were just an observation of life. And uh, this is one of my favorites, as well as one that I get quite a few comments on. But it just happened to be a day-in-the-life story of something that helped me to understand what's most important in life. Here it is. Joy. I have told this story before, but it, it looks like it might need some updating. This all started with a sermon my pastor, Dr. Smith, preached on one Sunday morning on joy. As they often do, his sermons have a resounding impact and have an interesting way of manifesting its lesson in my day-to-day -day life. Some time ago on my way home, I was stopped at a traffic light just before entering my neighborhood, and I was thinking to myself just how much better my commute was than it was the day before. Earlier that week, I took my usual shortcut behind the mayor's office, and this was some time before our D.C. mayor, Vincent Gray, was in office. My wife and I saw then-mayor Adrian Fenty in his new smart car, and he waved at my wife and I, but I couldn't get my camera out fast enough, and I missed a great photo opportunity. So the very next day... Being better prepared, I tried again, 
But the weather was bad, and, of course, so was the traffic. And I got stuck behind the mayor's office for over 20 minutes. When I got home, I was so beat. I went straight to my office and got myself a 40-minute acupressure infrared heat massage. And that brought me back to life. But today, traffic was a breeze. And at the traffic light, I happened to look over to the car next to mine, and I saw a beautiful three-year-old little girl staring out of the window in her car seat in a daze. I smiled as I thought about how wonderfully simple our lives were back then when we were children. Then she noticed me, and she smiled back, and I looked away to see if the light had changed, and when I looked back, I smiled again and saw her looking at me, and then she started laughing hysterically, only the way a three-year-old could. So I laughed as she laughed, and the light turned green, and I waved goodbye and proceeded home. And as I was driving, I thought to myself, you know, if that would have occurred just yesterday, even after my 90 minutes in traffic, that would have been all I needed to snap me back to life. A three-year-old smile versus my expensive massage bed. Well, the kid wins hands down. On the drive through my neighborhood, I had an epiphany. How many things have I placed in my life to make up for not taking the time to really enjoy all the simple joys life has to offer? Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Many of us have forgotten how to enjoy and appreciate the little things or even the small steps of our accomplishments or the little likes in our relationships or the small things in life that bring us joy in the pursuit of things that would bring us greater happiness. We have become impatient and always looking ahead to the thing that brings us what we perceive to be the source of our happiness. Webster's defines joy as the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Be careful in life that you do not lose your joy. Research shows that if you do, the loss of good health is not far behind. Take time out to enjoy the little things. Rejoice in reliving life's joys through sharing them often with others and take a moment to relax in your moment of peace through your joy instead of the empty pursuit of pleasure. If you ever lose sight of life's joy, take every step in your power to reclaim it as soon as possible. Your first step to reclaim true joy in life is to just look to God. He's always willing to show His glory to all who are willing to seek. Just take a moment to look and you will find His joy all around you. But if you still need a starting point, just look in the eyes of a child. The younger, the better. There you will find true joy, or in other words, joy and the measure of truth. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about Young Lives DC 34. Young Lives is a unique, cutting-edge, nonprofit Christian organization designed to empower and equip pregnant and parenting teen moms to become productive citizens in the community. 
a program that partners teens and mature Christian women to provide teen girls in crisis with timely encouragement, guidance, and ongoing support. Through the power of presence, kids and teens' lives are dramatically impacted when caring adults come alongside them, sharing God's love. Because someone believes in them, they begin to see that their lives have great worth, meaning, and purpose. This is just the first step in a lifelong journey. The choices they make today, based on God's love for them, will impact their future decisions, the careers they choose, the marriages they form, and the families they raise. And all of this can be traced back to the time when a young life leader reached out and entered their world. For more information or to get involved, check out their webpage at www.younglives.younglife.org. Or if you're in the D.C. metropolitan area, call 202-399-7017. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I want to take a moment to talk to you about a heinous crime against humanity that plagues our nation and, yes, Believe it or not, communities just like yours. Here's something you can do today to lend your support in the fight against human trafficking, also known as modern slavery. For example, Tanya was only 11 when she was forced to use her body for her own survival and the perverse desires of others. Now 18, Tanya knows no other life. She can't even remember when she was able to choose how she wanted to dress. Tanya dreams of being a teacher one day. And with the help of Bridge to Freedom programs and your support, they can empower her and others like her to move from surviving to thriving. You can make a huge difference in the life of a survivor this year through your support and donations to Bridge to Freedom Foundation. Bridge to Freedom is a nonprofit organization that provides aid to survivors of slavery who now live in the U.S., such as former child soldiers and victims of sex trafficking and forced labor. The cornerstone of Bridge to Freedom's work is personal and professional development to help survivors adapt and thrive in their new lives and communities and find work to support themselves. The Bridge to Freedom Foundation needs your support to help people just like Tanya. They need your urgent action to ensure that they can continue to provide clothing and health and beauty services to these survivors. These are not only important for rebuilding self-esteem, but are crucial to finding employment. They're also in great need of storage containers and clothing racks to organize and store donations. While donations of needed items are vital, one sure thing that will help to stop the spread of this injustice and prevent it from thriving undetected is educating yourselves about human trafficking or slavery and knowing the signs and the proper authorities to contact if you become aware of a victim in crisis. Find out more at bridgetofreedomfoundation.org or if you have a reason to suspect that someone may be a victim of human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center hotline on 1-888-373-7888. Multilingual call specialists are on standby 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All calls are confidential. If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to 
no more than just living size when brought out into the open. Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasurer, your enemies would love to steal away and use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you like you're crazy, not understanding what you've said at all or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? Is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for want of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Just listen. As someone who spends a great deal of time searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is, if you want the truth, you have to be prepared to release all judgment and be open enough to hear and accept the truth in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves against deception, but I've also come to realize that in most cases, you don't even have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be and see it for what it is. Maybe you have a story too. It doesn't have to be just like the one we've heard. Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm here and I'm willing to listen. All I ask from you is a measure of truth. Wow. And I mean every word of that, you know. You know, I've done quite a few shows and, you know, they're not generally always political, but they deal with human issues. And um, sometimes I meet people or I'll have a guest on the show and it, it kind of just gives me an idea for something even beyond um, the shows that I've already done. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I interviewed with my co-host, the Leo, uh, as an R&B artist, and it gave me the idea to also create a show for independent artists. And um, not too long after that, I was able to um, meet a man on the street who was a street musician who had an amazing, unbelievable voice. And I, I just couldn't understand why someone with this much talent had not yet made it in the industry. So it gave me the idea to possibly um, create a show as well that would highlight independent artists. And that is a show that I do on Fridays. It's called Turn It Up. If you get the opportunity, um, take the time and, um, you know, try that out as well and just see what you think. Um, you're, you're bound to hear someone you like. I have everything from jazz, R&B, rap, country, soul, rock, anything you can think of. And um, you can always find a show that fits your taste in music, but you never know. You just may like the artist a lot more than the music. It, it digs pretty deep. But here's a particular song 
by um, Stephen Long. Interesting because I, I call it the anthem for independent artists. Um, it's all about the struggle of an artist and not having his significant other believe in the talent that they know that they have in them. And I'll play a little bit of this track in acapella just to make sure you get the message and then we'll convert to the music version and you can hear the amazing voice and also the amazing um, ability of this incredible guitar player
feeling you growing more slowly Showing just what the real is openly spoken free Emotions are weak, provoking a seat We're good for me to you And now it's so critical, admit it, boo The love I have for you is so critical And still it's true Do what I gotta do just to build with you Very seldom leave me feeling feelings If you was killing me She don't believe in my vision What the deal with you amazing you know um so i've done quite a few shows and we're looking to branch out for a brand new season for 2012 and um not only do we have turn it up we'll be featuring another new show that we've had on quite a few times but we plan on kicking this one in the gear it's called king street and king street is actually produced by christopher king but it offers a resource for people who are in trouble and um have had problems with finances, including um, bankruptcy and possibly foreclosure and things of that nature. And it just provides a wealth of information and resources and tools and people in the industry that um, will help you to be able to get yourself back in track with what you're looking for as far as your goals for 2012. So um, we've got a few other things. I have another show that I want to do on relationships called He Said, She Said, and we're we're just going to try to kick everything off this year and and keep it all going. And I want to thank everyone for um, a great year in 2011 as well. 30,000 downloads, and, you know, I just really appreciate everyone supporting um, the show, um, calling me and contacting me on Facebook, letting me know about potential guests, and just giving me information about what's going on in your life. Um, we really, really appreciate the contact that we have with you. Again, um, you can always reach us at um, a measure of truth at gmail.com as well as on Twitter at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. I'm on Google Plus now, so find me there. I'm on Facebook and um just um, connect as many ways as you can. Up and coming, too, I'll be having um, live Hangouts uh, on Google Plus for the first nine uh, people that can call in for the show or to connect with me on Google Plus. So we'll see how that works out as well. We're just looking for a number of different ways to interact with you. And if you have some suggestions, go ahead and send them to me. Look, we're open to all of that. So I just want to thank you guys for another great year. And, um, you know, it's just been awesome being able to, you know, do this show weekly. And um, it's just been a blessing to be able to know that there are people who support me out there and they're still listening. So, um, We just want to uh, thank you again, and I'll leave you with some words of wisdom, as I always do. But um, 
Before we close the show, here's just another segment that um, I hope you'll enjoy it. It's just some knowledge and some wisdom to, to help you to get through the day. My friends, we should not all try to become teachers. In fact, teachers will be judged more strictly than others. All of us do many wrong things, but if you can control your tongue, you are mature and able to control your whole body. By putting a bit into the mouth of a horse, we can turn the horse in different directions. It takes strong winds to move a large sailing ship, but the captain uses only a small rudder to make it go in any direction. Our tongues are small too, and yet they brag about big things. It takes only a spark to start a forest fire. The tongue is like a spark. It is an evil power that dirties the rest of the body and sets a person's entire life on fire with flames that come from hell itself. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures can be tamed and have been tamed, but our tongues get out of control. They are restless and evil and always spreading deadly poison. My dear friends, with our tongues we speak both praises and curses. We praise our Lord and Father and we curse people who are created to be like God. And this isn't right. Can clean water and dirty water both flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? Does fresh water come from a well full of salt water? Are any of you wise or sensible? Then show it by living right and by being humble and wise in everything you do. But if your heart is full of bitter jealousy and selfishness, don't brag or lie to cover up the truth. That kind of wisdom doesn't come from above. It is earthly and selfish and comes from the devil himself. Whenever people are jealous or selfish, they cause trouble and do all sorts of cruel things. But the wisdom that comes from above leads us to be pure, friendly, gentle, sensible, kind, helpful, genuine, and sincere. When peacemakers plant seeds of peace, they will harvest justice. Words of wisdom from the Apostles from James 3, and without compromise, a measure of truth. Oh, I almost forgot one more commentary. <laughs> Ready to sign off, but this one is, um, I, I thought it was very funny and humorous as well, but this is one of the commentaries I did right before the November elections. Just, I believe it was in early October, actually. And um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I plan on doing more like this, but um, I, I just don't have the ammo just yet. But, um, <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll just let you hear it and you can have your own opinion on it. But again, I'll be doing a lot more political commentary in the up and coming years. We get closer and closer to the election. While Barack Obama continues to wow his supporters with poise, grace, and real answers for real issues, he continues to gain momentum all the way up to Election Day. The McCain camp, on the other hand, seems to be running out of gas. Now we've come to the end of the road and most Americans have already made up their minds on who they're going to vote for. So where did it all go wrong for McCain? Well, from the very beginning, the McCain camp has had last-ditch effort written all over it. 
When he ran in 2000, he nearly beat George W. Bush by being an outspoken, honest politician, and only a vicious campaign of lies and radical attacks by Bush stopped him. Hmm, sounds familiar. I guess the Bush team worked him over pretty good, too, and that's right. He has the scars to prove it. Not leaving it to chance that an opponent would use the same sleazy political hitmen, he walked right over to the dark side and hired them for his own campaign. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer? I'm not sure that's what they meant by that. But things are not going as planned, and the Palin factor, although still present, just isn't impacting the campaign in the same way it had. McCain is starting to see that he has blown his last chance to check become the President of the United States of America off his bucket list. Recently, I watched the McCain-Palin joint interview with Sean Hannity, and I sensed some friction between the two. What is very apparent to me seeing the two together is that now Sarah Palin realizes that she is more popular than McCain, and win or lose, she has a much brighter future. I said from the very beginning that the Palin factor came with an expiration date, and I think that McCain feels that he's just not getting what he bargained for, while Palin feels that she has far exceeded expectations. And you can bet that she's been taking careful notes on what and what not to do when running for the office of the president. This is Michael Fordham, and that's just my opinion. But in there somewhere, you'll find a measure of truth. <laughs> wow, that, that's just funny to me. <laughs> but anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, we'll be closing out with um, just a, uh, a little... Um, one of my favorite artists, actually, um, my co-host, Leo, um, and he, he did a, a special um, intro for our show, um, Turn It Up, and I just thought it was just phenomenal. But um, I'll play that to end the show, and um, you'll hear that at the beginning of the show if you tune in on Fridays for our show that features independent music artists of all kinds. And um, just to really appreciate you taking time out and sharing this with me today, my anniversary show. And um, we hope to hear from you guys again very soon. And um, this is Michael Fordham. And I want to say special thanks to my producer, Donna Hardiman. And um, you've been listening to A Measure of Truth, the anniversary show for the fourth year anniversary. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.
Yeah. 